MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and now in New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds and every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $10 to get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Use promo code SGP at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And finally, we're brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse fa- racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com and get started today. And speaking of apps, make sure you download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Mighty Ho DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 118. Going to send this one out to all the families out there because tomorrow is family day, at least in Ontario, maybe across Canada or most provinces, a made-up holiday that you're supposed to spend with your family, I guess, but whatever. So yeah, this goes out to families because aren't families great? Ha ha. Uh, I would be your host. Um, trying to think what my nickname was. I think it got changed on me again. Um, I was the Warrior Princess, Jeff Fox, and then I was thinking about being Judo Thunder, Jeff Fox, and then I'm pretty sure my my co-host changed my name. I'm gonna. Oh yes, I remember now. My nickname is the Scrapper Jeff Fox, which actually is a good nickname because the person I stole that nickname from made me look very smart last night at. At the event that we're going to cover right off the off the top because I killed it as per usual and my co-host is going to try to tell you how he won the week again, um, which is what he did last week and which is pretty much what he's doing for the year because uh, on the overall picks he is getting trounced. So let's let's bring him in and um, and uh, let him do his spin. He is the spin master. He's the man mountain Gumby. He's just playing Gumby. He's the man from the hills. He's that's a Thomas the Tank Engine reference, by the way, for all you people out there. It's Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hey, what's up? So first of all, you guys have a hey, made-up holiday on Monday. We do. That's such an American thing, right? Well, we have. A, we also have a made-up holiday tomorrow. It, I know. It's, president, it's President's Day for for those Canadian and yep. otherwise foreign listeners who might not know of the goofy American holiday. So we both got I know goofy, goofy holidays. Um, so that's fun. Uh, yep. And uh, you, you're somewhat right that I'm going to try to spin this in my favor. I would just say, rather than trying to spin it in my favor, let's spin it in both of our favors. Let's yes. have a peace treaty because right now what's happening is is Jeff on the full card picks, which is what a true D-Gen would do, uh, $100 on every fight. Uh, he is killing it week after week after week. He's on what we would call a heater. However, if yes. you're looking at the recommended plays, uh, which come at the end of the episode, and they're what we actually recommend that you bet on, I'm killing it. So, you know, if you're going to be a true D-Gen and bet on every single fight, follow Jeff. And if you're going to just load up on a couple of really easy fights to pick uh, and win a lot of money on those, 
follow me. So look at that. I'm, I'm not going to spin it and say either of us won. We both won. How about that? It's true. And all you listeners are winners, even if you didn't bet on the fights last night because you got us in your ear holes, right? Of course. <laughs> um, hopefully we're coming to your ear holes via the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Uh, subscribe to it so you can get us into those orifice of hearing, I guess we'll call it, uh, ASAP. Also, throw us a review. The M- NBA Gambling Podcast has got a billion reviews because they gave away, <laughs> gave away a free jersey. We, I could give away stuff too, but I don't, I don't want to have to bribe my people. You people out do you there. Think, do uh, you think people would leave us reviews for like one of those old Reebok jerseys? <laughs> probably. Do you, you, you used to have a crappy little prizes sitting around your, your man cave, didn't you? I remember we used to give up prizes for something. You used to have all yeah, I, stuff I, Yeah, I, I've got like leftover autographs. Some, some, some fighters back in the day used to give me like a couple of extra autographs to give away, which I used to do. Um, for, I can't even remember what kind of contest I gave them away for. It was a while ago, but the, the Top Turtle podcast gave away a bunch of those for a while. Um, Here we go. The first mention of Top Turtle, everyone. Well, well uh, we, we're going to have to mention it because the jinx is no longer real. Both both guests from this past week uh, dominated their, their uh, fights, which we'll get to a little yes. bit later on. Yes, <laughs> they sure did. Actually, we should get to it right away, right? Uh, like uh, like Dan decided in pre-production, let's not bury the lead. Let's, <laughs> let's let everyone know how amazing we are right off the top, but there's really not we don't We don't do pre-production. There. No. Pre-production is us talking for uh, uh, 20 seconds before we actually go on air. (laughs) This is basically the only human contact I have outside of uh, my immediate household. So um, that's that's my um, talking to humans for the week. So, all right, before we get into – into, actually, not for the week. I get to talk to Dan twice a week. Amazing. Um, Before we roll into it, though, let's hit you with WinBet. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. It's so massive that they've highlighted the ad read in yellow for all, all this information I'm going to tell you. So you know this is important, serious things that I'm telling you right here. All right. Grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area, so four seats, at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sports Book for the early round action of the college basketball tournament. That's and Friday, March 18th. As well as two rooms that win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize. And players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, we just finished the Super Bowl. Massive gambling. Uh, probably the biggest gambling day of the year. Now then we're going to have March Madness, which probably would be the second biggest gambling, at least North American gambling day of the year, wouldn't you say, Dan? Yeah, the well, the... the- yeah, the tricky thing with the the NCAA tournament is it's all spaced out, right? Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That that, that first round, I bet you, is white hot because as the yep. as it goes deeper and deeper, it's just like a smaller and smaller slate of right. games. So, like, when you get to the final four, yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of wagers coming in, but it's two games. Um, but yes. that first that first week when you get you know 32 games and one or two days, and if you count yep. the play-ins, I guess you get four more, which is so 30 36 games there. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you it's, it's just about as big volume-wise as the Super Bowl. 
Dan is hitting on, on the math early in the episode because <laughs> we have some numbers to crunch. We have some very high numbers of, of winnings to, uh, to, to count up um, as we get deeper into this podcast. First, Manscaped. Can they get a round of applause? No, I can't. We've been through this already. Dan has, <laughs> Dan has levels that he doesn't want messed up, but we'll, we'll pretend everyone's clapping. Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not. It's uh, I screwed up this line last last ad read too. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. There, I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent, which Dan decided was bear. I think right, fresh bear. Yeah, Robert. fresh. Yes, fresh bear. Yeah, fresh. This is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist, and now you can trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP. Well, there's more. I know that sounds great, but there's more. Um, we're supposed to tell you how Manscaped's tough their confidence, but we're super confident as it is, right? We don't need. We, 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 we are after these. We are after these picks, but but exactly. Manscaped never. Manscaped never hurts. No, it doesn't hurt. It could, could make us a little arrogant though after after how we did this <laughs> week. But uh, we all know how essential the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra-premium collection. This package includes Manscaped premium deodorant, not for your balls before your stanky arm pits this deodorant dries clear it's aluminum free and smells like their signature scent which is not bare hydrating body moisturizer have tattoos or issues with dry skin it's designed to keep skin feeling clean smooth and smelling fresh body wash to lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with an easy one step plus a free gift we all love free gifts Three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products plus a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. What a score. All these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. I'd recommend using the products in this order. Everyone, take note. Number one, hop in the shower and scrub a dab that body with the Manscaped Body Wash. Number two. Lather your hair up with the two-in-one shampoo conditioner to keep your noggin. What, Dan? Toggin. Yes! <laughs> Number three, dry off and spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to re- reinvigorate dry skin. Number four, put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Number five, pop that Manscaped lip balm on. on. I mean, no one is out here kissing chapped up lips. Getting dressed after is optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get that ultra-premium collection hot off the shelves. So here's what you need to do. To get 20% off and free shipping, which we all love free shipping. You need promo code SGP. Put that in at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code SGP at manscaped.com. The power of attraction now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right. Last night we saw last afternoon slash evening. This was our, this ended early. What? It ended what? Nine o'clock about? Yeah, like 9.30. And, and I just looked to next week's event. Uh, yep. you, or the, I mean, I guess this weekend's event uh, by the time you're listening to this, right? Next Saturday, February 26th. Yep. Uh, also starts at 4 p.m. and also Beautiful. only has 12 fights. And I couldn't Beautiful. be happier. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So we had UFC Fight Night Walker versus Hill. Have you seen the poster for that? Uh, I, Jamal I Hill's body is looks like they did him dirty with that picture. It's kind of like a before, before and after type thing, right? He's, it, it looks like he's trying to, like, stick his belly out, too. Yeah. It's the weirdest part of it because, like, it doesn't look like he's out of weight or, like, out of shape, rather. It, it just looks like he's, like, 
Because, like, his back is, like, weirdly sunk in. It's like they yeah. told him to push his belly out and pretend that he's, like, <laughs> two months pregnant. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> like the before and after pictures, yeah. He does not have enough uh, the athlete's body, the typical athlete's body, but obviously it did not um, matter last night, as we will get to. So went down to the UFC Apex Enterprise Nevada. I don't have an attendance, but they have a few people there. Um, there's one person they were super loud for. I'm trying to think who it was. Who was it they were super loud for last night? I thought there was, was it, one. Was it Jim Miller? Maybe. It ought to be how Jim can, Miller. How can you not? Yeah, every every time the man rolls out of there, he, he, it rolls in anywhere, you should cheer for him. Uh, but anyhow, um, it was a good night for our picks. Let's, let's just get right off the bat. Um, I went 10-2, and two, which is pretty damn impressive if I do say so myself. Uh, even though I'm angry about the ones I, I missed, of course. Um, the two women on the card actually screwed me over, so imagine that. Um, so I was up 339. Uh, Dan went 7-5, which is you know mediocre because he lost 110 bucks. Um, and then oh, on the year, I'm 41-19 and 19 now, so I'm 68%, which is far exceeding my 60% rate. Um, Dan is 34-26, and 26, 57%. I am up 4.6% uh, uh Return on investment, Dan's down 12.6%. Um, we'll do a recommended place after we, we run through the card quickly um, because Dan did good in that part. <laughs> I, I, was, I was too cautious. I, 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 I'm going to get this dialed in eventually, but I, I, was, I think I was too um, risky the weeks leading up to this, and then I think I was a bit too cautious last night because I went 2-1 in a recommended place, but I still ended up Losing money, so well, I may as well tell you. I went to one, lost six ten. Dan went three and one, won almost fifty bucks. So uh, recommended plays, Dan sixty nine, sixty nine percent accuracy on his picks. He's up thirty three point three percent return on investment. I am at only at fifty three percent, thirty seven bucks, eight percent return on investment. So uh, Dan is killing it there. I'm killing it uh, on the full card, as as Mr. Reland let us know. All right, main event. I hit it. Dan did not. Jamahal. His name is Jamahal now. I, I've said it so many times as a joke that it's actually become that when I see his name, that's what I think in my head. I think his name's Jamahal, but uh, I believe his, his parents call him Jamal Hill. He uh, knocked out Johnny Walker, uh, 255 into the first round. Seemed like Walker's length and size was going to be an issue uh, in the early going, um, but Hill was darting in and, and landing strikes, but Walker looked very good until he did not look good, and that was if you haven't seen it, make sure you go look up this knockout because that was one of the, the oddest looking <laughs> knockouts. It's, it's like almost like pro wrestling, like he got hit with a Stone Cold Stunner and he, he did the exaggerated bounce up, delayed bounce up into the air, um, smash into the cage. But it was it was for real. Um, he was knocked out cold for real. So Jamal Hill, probably the biggest win of his career, actually definitely the biggest win of his career since he was in, I mean, the Met, minus 270 I got him for, which I wasn't, I don't think this number should, should have been that high uh, for these two guys, but um, it was Dan whiffed on his plus 205, um, plus 205 pick, but Walker kind of looked, he looked a bit more like, like the old Walker that everyone uh, fell in love with. Um, he was fairly aggressive, did a, some spinning stuff, which, Everyone likes him for his crazy spinning stuff, but I don't know if we need to worry about his chin. It's only been a couple of knockouts in, in the past five fights, but yeah, he got maybe after this fight we're gonna have to worry about his chin because he got flatlined pretty brutally there. Um, why'd you screw this one up, Dan? How'd you screw this one up? 
So I actually say that, first of all, you know, you mentioned, should we be worried about his chin? There were actually quite a few people when he got signed to the UFC who were worried about his chin. Um, oh, yeah. He, he, he's been knocked out by some dudes on the regional circuit who are, uh, I, I mean, not like bad fighters, but like, you know, like he, he got knocked out by Wagner Prado. And, and that's, I mean, granted, it was a long time ago now. Um, he also got knocked out by Enrique Silva. Um and that was a jungle fight. So, like, he's been knocked out before. So it's, like, worth noting that, like, now that he's been knocked out twice in the UFC, if you count the Corey Anderson TKO2, like, yeah, it, it might be time to worry about him a little bit. This one was super weird, though, being on the tempo and all that. Um, It, it was kind of like that Brock Lesnar, Randy Couture knockout from UFC, what was that, 92 or something like that. Um, It, it was kind of like that one where he hit him behind the ear and it was, like, kind of awkwardly stumbled slash knocked him out um so maybe it's nothing to worry about too much because it's not like he got his his jaw hit or anything like that but I will say as far as like how I got this one wrong I actually feel even after losing it better about the pick than I did when I was making it because you know I, I said up front that anybody who is discrediting Johnny Walker based on the Tiago Santos performance is thoroughly mistaken we're, I, I didn't think we were going to go out and see Johnny Walker fight scared again um and and if he did I I thought there was a chance he could even win there um but I I thought he was going to go back to his more chaotic style I still think it's a 50-50 fight between him and Jamal Hill with that chaotic style like you said I I think he was probably winning those first three minutes until he got hit on the temple um so like yeah, like if you've got a guy and you're betting him at plus two oh five, uh, who who looks to be outstriking his opponent and looks to have gone back to what used to work in the past, I mean you can't be too too upset with uh with that play. So yeah, I mean like ultimately he got hit when I thought he might be able to avoid that. But he is in a bad spot right now. He is one in four yep. in his yep. last five, which is I'm looking at that right now, yeah. Oof. Uh, I mean, like yeah, that's, that's there's an oof. Usually, my bad jokes get oofs or inappropriate <laughs> comments, but yeah. Johnny Walker's record. record today is the oof. Yes, two straight losses and four out of five. Um, two of those being knockouts. Yeah, it, it it's crazy, and in man, I I guess it's just like kind of the bane of his style. Like I I think a lot of the reason he had some of those wins was that style, right? Like the. It, yeah. It, the only reason he beat Ryan Spann was because he was crazy and flying all over the place. And the only reason he beat Misha Serkinov is because he was flying all over the place, right? Like, I, I still am not sure he's a better fighter than any of those guys. So, um, yeah, like, it, whew, it is really interesting to see where he's going to fall when the rankings come out. I'm like, I'm going to need to think about how to rank him because, like, a win over Ryan Spann is not nothing. Lost to Jamal Hill might not be nothing but like at a certain point like when do you stop ranking a guy like that yeah according the rankings the performance rankings i run on my mma site mma-manifesto.com i'm checking out where he would be now he would be 11th which lines up with where he was in the ufc ranks i think um so yeah he, he's dropped he was eighth before this but yeah it brings us to the question which we've been asking for for months even years is Johnny walker any good dan do we know I yet actually- I actually think this fight did more to convince me that he was good than pretty much yep. any of his previous fights. Yeah, but like standing, now, now we have to worry about the, the, the knockout issue. Right, yeah. right, right. So so it's it, it's now – it's not not become any easier to predict a Johnny Walker fight because of that chin. 
But like, I think I do think we answered the question: Does he have skills, and is he actually somewhat good? And in this light heavyweight division, you know, like, good is a relative term because if you you shrunk him down and put him at bantamweight and he fought like that, every single bantamweight in the UFC would smoke him. Um, because you know, bantamweight or lightweight or like really good divisions where everybody is a killer. Uh, but like in this case. Yeah, I think as far as like a light heavyweight is concerned, he's not like he's not bad, but uh he his skills look better than they have maybe in any of his fights previous. He got stung, so now we're worried about the chin. So, yeah, like to basically to echo what I just said, not any easier to predict, but yeah, maybe we're getting a better clear picture of whether or not he can box and fight a little bit. Yeah, there seems there's always it like a uh like a troublesome child there's always seems to be something new to worry about with johnny walker so what we you've decided that maybe he actually is good or at least scale it but now we have to worry about whether he can actually take a, a shot from anyone which is at light heavyweight not the best division but people can crack at this division so it's something that uh that's important to be able to take especially if you're going to fight kind of a reckless style you need to be able to um not get knocked out the second your opponent touches you so yeah, it's always something with this guy, Dan. Always something. Um, but enough uh, of, of talking about the losers. Let's talk about the winner. What are your thoughts on Jamal Hill? Biggest win of his career, uh, I would say. He's won four of five in the UFC now. Uh, in my rankings, he's moved up to number seven. Um, just behind Yuri Prochaska, the new, the soon-to-be new champion, just above Paulo Costa because he's still light heavyweight in my eyes. What are your thoughts yeah, on Jamal Hill going for it? It's it's interesting because like I, I don't know like I and I feel like I'm on an island on this one too. I have not been sold on Jamal Hill uh, in the UFC yet, and I I know he keeps winning uh, and making me look dumb because I've probably picked against him more than just about anybody else with a record like his. Because um, you know I I picked Jimmy Crute thinking he would wrestle him up, being that Paul Craig beat him on the mat. Um, and I thought Jimmy Crude is, you know, pretty damn skilled on the mat as well. Johnny Walker doesn't answer any of those questions. Um, instead, we just saw him kind of get outboxed and then land a knockout blow, which are things we knew he knew how to do, right? Like he, he knocked out Jimmy Crude when when he got a little overzealous. So, yeah, like I don't know necessarily that I'm completely sold on him. Um, I mean, I'd like to see him against somebody like, let's let's say Volkan Ozdemir. Um, but I'd also like to see him against a wrestler, which the only problem is that the light heavyweight division just doesn't really have any that, I mean, with the exception of like Jimmy crew, who he already beat by avoiding the wrestling entirely and Paul Craig, who he lost to. Um, so like, I mean, like, it's not like there are lots of other ones in there for him to be tested by. Um, Magomed Ankalaev kind of does that, but I feel like he's probably above his level right now. You don't want to run him with Ian Kudalaba, who's, like, behind him in the rankings right now, uh, and actually even behind Jimmy Crew. Uh, so, like, yeah, I think somebody like Volkan Ozdemir is the right one, but, like, at the same time, I don't think it answers any more of my questions about Jamal Hill, which is, like, is he going to be able to stop takedown attempts, and is he good on the mat? I know the broad. Did you hear the broadcast talking multiple times about how he was good in jiu-jitsu? Like, what basis no, do they I have to make that, that. Yeah, they, they, like, kept saying, like, you know, he everybody knows him for his boxing, but he's 
He's really great at jiu-jitsu, too. And I'm like, what basis do you have to make that claim? He's good at getting his arm broken in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like he, he just got worked over by Paul Craig, and the only time we've really seen him on the mat in the UFC – uh, so, so like, and, and granted, that's uh, Paul Craig. He's one of the better guys at jiu-jitsu at all of light heavyweight, with the exception of uh, Glover Teixeira. So, like, I, yeah, like, maybe, but, like, come on. Like, he could be good at it, but you don't have a basis to claim it. He probably said it in the pre-fight interviews that he does with them, like, hey, I'm really good at jiu-jitsu, too. I'm not just a boxer. Uh-huh. And, like, they just took his word for it and ran with it. Well, he does have a blue belt, according to Wikipedia, Dan. That's so, pretty whoa. <laughs> That's better than a white one. Um, and he also has he also has six children. Oh my god, he's one, yeah. one of those maniacs with six kids from ages two to fourteen. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, I think he had the fourteen year old in the post fight presser, if I'm remembering right. I didn't watch it, but he I gave did birth see. to the kid in the presser. Ugh. No, no, no. He. Oh. <laughs> hey, look what you did. Oof. So I guess he had, he had his first kid when he was sixteen. Rough, because he's only thirty now. But yeah, no, I didn't see um, the kid in the in the presser. But lucky he won that performance bonus uh, last night for that knockout because fifty G's uh, helps feed some mouths, right? Yeah, that's gonna that'll help out a little bit. Yeah, but okay, so he's he's knocked out Ovin St. Prue, Jimmy Crute, Johnny Walker. It's nothing to sneeze at, right? Yeah, I mean he he legitimately he has a style that is going to play really well in this division. Like I said, like if you're asking me if I think he's like you know an, an absolutely great light heavyweight, I don't have that answer yet because I just need to see more of the grappling. Just but no like, such thing. right? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's maybe I mean, two or three. The, the champ is 43 and has some questionable striking at times. Exactly. So, um, you know, like so so yeah, right. There there's. There's questions about him, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because at light heavyweight, he's got a style that plays really well, and he's going to be facing a lot of strikers in here who are going to tangle with him. And as we've seen, he can pretty much shut your lights off if he touches you on any part of your upper body. So um, good on him. Yes, good on him. Um, Yeah, would you say the two guys last night, they're pretty much, they epitomize the light heavyweight division. Yeah. just like wacky guys who you're not sure if they're if they're good fighters or not, and they win fights, and sometimes they get their arms broken and lose. Sometimes they get knocked out. But like light heavyweight is just such a island of misfit toy division. Um, like you really don't even the champ is the champ any good? I don't know. He he he's good at jujitsu, but he's not good in other areas. So yeah, it's I think these guys are perfect light heavyweights. Yeah, I, I would kind of agree with that. There, there's always with light heavyweights, there always seems to be a question of, like, will they just not fight this fight, or uh, will they get knocked out in 30 seconds, or will they yep. put on a dominant performance, and both of these guys have done those things over and over and over again. Yep, so you're saying Vulcan Ozdemir next for um, Jamahal Hill, a.k.a. Yeah, Jamahal I, Hill. I think the timeline probably lines up for that, and the, the UFC seems keen on, like, pushing him forward, which they should. Like he, he's yep. look good and, and and he's knocking people out in comical ass ways. Um, so yep. yeah, you might as well get the play out of that highlight and and move him up against the guy who I mean Vulcan Ozdemir is going to throw with him. So let him throw with him. Exactly. Just don't do him so dirty on the poster next time. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get a rough. front shot. Maybe just yeah. Exactly. Get him facing the <laughs> at, least, at least tell him to <laughs> suck it in and flex a bit. Um, co-main event we we both hit. Kyle Dawkins minus two fifty, um, went 
the way we expected it to go pretty much, um, maybe Dawkins' striking was a bit better than, than we hoped. Um, catchweight, 195-pound fight. He submitted Jamie Pickett with one second left in the first round. Pickett tapped right as the horn was going, which I'm sure he's kicking himself about now, but he was stuck in the Darce choke. Not much else to say except, like I said, Dawkins' striking maybe uh, was a bit better than, than uh, advertised, but his jiu-jitsu was was right on point. We figured all it took would take would be one takedown to, to finish off pickup, but it took what it took. Was it only two or was it three? I think it was two. Yeah. Yeah. It took two takedowns to finish off pickup. He looked good. I, yep. the only other thing I will add to it is, is did you hear his post fight interview with, with his new nickname mm, suggestion? No, I didn't. I didn't. I skipped his. He wants to be called the Darce Knight. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think you get. I don't think you get to decide these things, but okay. But but that one, that one I can allow. Yeah. All right, fine, <laughs> fine. He'll be. Does he win by Darce often? Yeah. If you look at his record, I think of his like nine or ten wins. There's like eight by Darce choke. Wow. Yep. Have you well, ever on, won? Hang on a second. Have, one, have you ever two, won via Darce choke? Three, four, five. Wow. That was his okay. sixth Darce. Sixth Darce choke. Oh, all right. Well, wins. yes. Can we call him Darce Vader instead? No, because we already have a, a Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, have you ever won a jiu-jitsu fight via Darth Choke? No, usually in order to get a Darth Choke, you have to be on top at any point in time. Yeah, that's uh, right. Which if, if you just butt scoot everywhere like I do, um, you don't get that too often. Hugh Hooks and Omoplatas. <laughs> Dan's one of those annoying Ryan Hall type fighters yeah. who, who tries to suck you into um, suck you into the ground fight. Um yeah, anything else we need to say about either man? It, no, you know, this is not not a co-main event fight, but no, and, and and it was it was short notice too, right? Dawkins was yeah. supposed to fight somebody else, um, and you know I've been I've been low on picket the whole time, so yeah, this yeah. is this could be expected. Yeah, and we don't really know much about Dawkins because he lost to Brendan Allen, beat Dustin Stolfus, lost to Phil Haas, headbutted uh, Kevin Holland, got no contest, and beat uh, Jamie Pickett, so. Not a whole lot of killers on his resume as of yet. So we'll have to wait and see who he can darse next. Uh, before we move on, let me tell you about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against your stables. Our stables, excuse me. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win over at the good people running stable door. All right. They, they got to stop. I think our, the man we spoke of uh, often last podcast, Spencer Kite mentioned they got to stop giving mediocre heavyweights prime real estate, <laughs> prime real estate, I believe was his, his headline in his, his column today. But um, yeah, that's what I was thinking last night. It's like, why like batting on these fights too? Or it's, uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to win the fight. I'm thinking this is, it's pretty rotten having to pick a winner of like a mediocre middling heavyweight battle, but we ended up getting the right winner, Parker, Peter Parker, excuse me, Peter Parker Porter. 
who should be your kid's favorite uh, fighter since they're into Spider-Man. Um, he won unanim- unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28 over Alain Baudot, who actually looked better than I think he ever has in the UFC. I don't remember his other fights, but he, look- he looked pretty good last night. But Porter got the win, minus 270. I don't know if there's much to say. Porter's 3-1 and one now. In- in- he's won three in a row, dude, and yeah. he's only lost to Chris Dawkins on a short-notice debut. Uh, so like, but is he good? I, I mean, is any, <laughs> again, I'll repeat what you said about light heavyweights. Is any heavyweight good? <laughs> like, Just like, the tippy top of, of yeah. yeah. It, there's it, there's it, like, there's four guys up there who are actually good, right? Like, or maybe there's five a if you want to count, if you want to count Curtis Blades, five who are actually yeah. good. Um, and the rest aren't. So. Yeah, and I'll echo what you said about Alan Bordeaux. He, he like, and I think I said it in the preview show too. He is actually a pretty decent striker. He just has a lot of quit in him, uh, and if you, just, <laughs> if you just force him to grapple a little bit, that quit comes out a whole lot faster. Um, and Parker Porter found that out, right? Like he won. Also, as far as you saying betting on this sucks, uh, I would say that I had a plus two fifty. Uh, decision ticket that begs to differ. Oh, no. Parker Porter. Right. I mean, good, actually, yes. A decision, <laughs> yeah. very good. Yeah. But you're, I mean, he's not You're, you're just bad-mouthing the French here. You're uh, just going <laughs> the lane, the, the typical stereotype, all oh, French quit, we have to bail him out in all the wars. So you're just being, <laughs> you're being an ugly American here, Dan. I may, Hey, maybe, but Alan Bordeaux, <laughs> I mean, like, look at, if you look at his record in the UFC, which is now, I, I mean, I think technically oh, one three. of them got... Yeah, one of them got turned over into a no oh, contest. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, because uh, I think it was Al- It was the the dude whose nickname is Yogi Bear, um, and he's like weirdly fat, and he tested positive for steroids anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 And not not uh, not Carlos Felipe, the other fat guy who tested positive for steroids. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I think technically he's zero two with a no contest in there. But like, if you look at every single one of those fights, he's gotten worse and worse and worse the more you force him into a grueling fight. So. I think it's warranted. With that being said, like, dude, how close is Parker Porter to being a ranked light or ranked heavyweight right now? Oh god, yeah. he probably nice, is. Nice very guy. He, but, I uh, love him. Yeah. I love talking to him. Yeah. He's in. in very good for guy. those of you who don't know, too, his story is amazing. This guy fought, uh, has been fighting for like 15 years before he finally got his call to the UFC. Uh, he made his debut in a strip club in Eastern Massachusetts for 50 bucks. Um, and then did Dan. It, it is not fighting though. <laughs> thank you, thank you. His um, it's very funny. His uh, his second fight, I'm pretty sure too, uh, was not that far away from me, and was against John Jones, uh, which is insane. The John Jones, the John Jones, knocked him out with a head kick in like ten seconds, and he, John Jones was like 19 at the time or something like that. And this dude has been battling through like Bellator and like shitty regional promotions for years. Finally gets the chance, gets knocked out in his first fight, and now he's on a three-fight winning streak. It's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, give him a ranked opponent. Give him Walt oh, Harris. God. Oh, God. <laughs> two, of, uh, two of John Jones's legs put together does not equal one of Parker Porter's legs. He's, he's, a, his, he's got some big legs, dude. His <laughs> legs are massive. I don't know how he wears pain, uh, jeans or anything other than, than sweats and shorts. Um, I I'm, I'm, I want to see that. I want to see him he, try to. He get seems like a guy who across. probably. He seems like a guy who probably wears cargo shorts in the winter. Does that? Yeah, that's that, true. That, yep. that strike you as correct? Yep, cargo shorts in the winter could be a good title for this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, there used to be. Um, I'm typing that down. I'm actually typing <laughs> the things. The things I type is are insane. By the way, um, 
But anyhow, uh, moving on. Jim Miller, how, how can we not like this one? Uh, this is my only underdog I had picked on the card, so I'm glad I, I hit it. Um, it was a good night for, actually, what, three dogs came through last night? I hit only one of them, but this was a plus 145. Jim Miller, sneakily one of my favorite fighters uh, for a long time. Um, newfound, old man strength, maybe? Newfound power? It's what, back-to-back knockouts for him? I think he's always had it. Here's the the only yeah. difference I think that's that's happening now is that like now when he hits him he follows it up with with strikes yep. instead um, of grappling yeah yeah like because if you go back I, I mean like I was at his um his fight like three years ago against Clay Guida um which goes down as a guillotine joke um and right. will always go down as a guillotine joke but in the opening seconds of that fight he tags Clay Guida really hard. Guida falls to his butt. Guida pops back up and dies on a desperation takedown and gets the guillotine choked. And, like, yeah. you go back to a whole bunch of his fights. He did that to Alex White, too. He tagged Alex White, but then instead of following it up with strikes, took a rear naked choke. Um, you know, like he, he's done that year after year after year after year. And so, like, yeah, like, we think of him as this great grappler, and he is a really phenomenal grappler, but I think he's always had power in his chin. So... Uh, or in his hands, rather. So, you know, I get, I'm not surprised to see him getting yeah. more TKOs now, but it's interesting that he has gone away from, like, the I'm going to take your back as soon as you're hurt. And he probably could have done that here against Moda, but, man, was Moda out. I, I saw somebody claim that this was an early stoppage, which I also saw that on um, <laughs> was the other fight I saw the early stoppage call on. Oh, the Jesse Strader, Chad and Helliger one, which we'll talk about later. Like, yeah. Neither yeah. of those are early stoppages, folks. No. Uh, there's no reason to let either of those fights go. Well, Jim Miller even complained he in was the pissed uh, about it. <laughs> interview that, that, that he had to punch the guy more than he wanted to, which is another reason why you got to love Jim Miller. Jim Miller, um, exactly. Just, just like solidly earth, um, just a real solid dude. But, um, yeah, this is – I don't know. Hopefully they keep feeding him, like, this level of opponent and they don't, like, get crazy and – doesn't seem like it seems seems like he's one of those guys that don't doesn't have uh unreal aspirations so this is another thing that spencer kite wrote wrote for crying out loud we're talking about him nonstop again but he, he's not one of those guys who thinks he's one or two fights away from a uh, title a title uh shot or a title run like a lot of um people his age that are still in the sport think um you know he's he's fighting at whoever they throw in front of him but but they're they're these past two fights have been people who don't even have wikipedia pages so there you go um but hey, nonetheless, he, he's eating up these young, these younger opponents and spitting them out. And the path to UFC 300 is still um, it's, it's onward and upwards for him. He's he's still um, looking strong. His chin's still holding up. He's still fighting smart. His post-fight interviews are still coherent. Uh, so I see no reason for him to stop. No, me neither. And and I think you're right about that too. About him not being delusional and looking for a title fight. I, I think that's probably the thing that the UFC loves the most about him is that like, he's just like, you want me to fight debuting fighters? That's fine. As long as the paycheck keeps coming in and I can keep making a living this way and keep stashing away for retirement. He's happy with all that. And a uh, little crazy, I would say that I, he didn't get a, a performance bonus. I kind of thought he was yeah. going to, um, because they do like, you know, pumping bonuses out his way, but um, he didn't get one, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. According to my estimates over at MMA-Manifesto.com, he was still the, the top burner regardless because he's, he's making good money for being in the UFC since 2008 and winning 
far more than he's losing. So he's never been in line. He's never had a title shot. He's, I don't even remember him ever being in like a number number one contender fight. Has he been that you can I remember? Think, I think he was really close um, back when he fought a headliner against Nate Diaz. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he was in a headliner against Nate Diaz ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, ten it years was. Ago. It was <laughs> almost ten years ago because it was. I was. It was like the second live fight I ever went to. The second live UFC fight I ever went to. Um, yep. but but he had come off of beating Melvin Gillard, who is pretty big. He had had a close fight with Benson Henderson. He had beaten current champion Charles Oliveira. Right, um, yep. like he, he was on a, nonetheless. Yeah, he was on a run. Actually, if you want to go back to UFC 100. He won at UFC 100 and rattled off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins in a row fighting Benson Henderson um, and yeah. then lost to Benson Henderson. So he was on a seven-fight winning streak, which included Charles Oliveira. He was probably pretty close then, and Benson Henderson might have gotten the title fight off of that win over Jim Miller, too. If, if uh, I, I can do a quick little Googling here. Um, he beat yeah. Benson – or he beat Jim Miller. When did he beat Jim Miller? 2011. Wow, that's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, he just fought again, also a few weeks. No, ago, so, so so he had to fight. He had to fight Clay Guida afterwards to get the fight. Okay. So Jim Miller could have beaten Benson Henderson and then fought Clay Guida for the title. Or for uh, all these fight. people you just mentioned are still fighting too. Uh, I know, crazy. Yeah. They've all fought recently. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, wild stuff. But yeah, um, keep. Keep uh, putting Jim Miller out there every three months or so. Uh, chin looks fine. You know, he, he didn't take a lot of shots last night. I guess he. Like, this is what we you brought up last podcast. He doesn't take a lot of damage, which is why he's keeps able to roll on the way that he has been. And he fights smart too. I mean, oh like, yeah, he fought very not, smart last night. Not you know, I, I know it got so much play on the broadcast to the point where it was almost annoying. But like, I, I'm not kidding. His leg kicks are really good. <laughs> like, like, yep. He he had Moda really hurt. I don't think people realize how hurt Moda was in that first round and how much it zapped him for the second round to have his legs kick like that. So, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah, run him out every three months. Put him in exactly. exactly this spot that makes me care about this card just a little bit. Yes. Um. So no bonus for him. I forgot to mention Kyle Dawkins did get the 50 Gs. You mean the, you mean the Darce Knight? The Darius Knight <laughs> got 50 Gs, um, which is good because uh, actually all the people that got the money except Jamal Hill are basically like first contract people. So it's good that they are maybe Dawkins is probably on the second by now, but it's good that those people get get paid a little extra because 50 grand is probably more than double what they were going to make or around double what they're going to make to begin with. So um, and then opening up the main card, I hit this one. Dan did not. I was mocked on Twitter before beforehand. Um, yeah, I won the, the battle of the fire hydrants. Um, uh, Joe Akin, I was going to call him Jamal, but we already had a Jamal. Joaquin Buckley beat Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Split decision: twenty-eight, twenty-nine, twenty-nine, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, twenty-eight. I don't know if Dan's going to argue with this one or not. I think Buckley won, but I could have been um, biased. Uh, I was a little nervous that that he was going to lose the decision, but I thought he had the first two rounds and Al Hassan had the last round. But um, your thoughts on this fight? Oh, so Alassane definitely had the last round. I, I'm looking yeah. at, at um, I'm looking at MMA media right or MMA decisions right now because I, I didn't have a strong feeling after the fight. I was like, this could probably go either way. And you know what? Yeah. The, with the second round that Buckley had too, uh, I actually thought there was a decent chance that it was a 10-8, and I thought we could have a draw because I, I think I gave the first round 
to Alasan, and I gave the third to Alasan. So, and if you look at uh, MMA decisions, we've got seven people who scored it for Buckley. Um, Drake Riggs got, scored it a draw, which I don't have a problem with, and eight people scored it for Alasan. So eight yeah. to seven, it was Typical very close. Decision. Typical split decision. However, I will say uh, all three of the guys from Sherdog all had Buckley. Uh, so that means undoubtedly. <laughs> so, on the right side. so undoubtedly, Al Hassan won this fight. Um, because th- those are terrible scorecarders. Um, so I- I'll just say this: I'm not impressed with either of those two. Um, no, they, they I know look the, good. They look the, good in shorts, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're both jack to the gills but like at the yeah. same time nobody should watch that fight and be high on Buckley I thought like, Buckley looked alright uh, he, he looked amazing but because Al Hassan's not like he's in a massive slump now so you, so you would have hoped that he would have uh, he was in a massive slump and ended the fight in full mount beating the shit out of yeah. Joaquin Buckley yeah. like Buckley if there were if there was one more minute in that fight Buckley gets TKO'd by Abdul Razak Al Hassan who's and, and he, who with and one one once yeah. in like the last five years, and, so, he, and maybe you should maybe you should move to light heavyweight because uh, <laughs> mediocrity will get you far in that in that division. Yeah, I, I don't have very much uh, confidence in in Joaquin Buckley. I no. I think he's um, I, I think his cardio looked terrible. Fighting a guy whose cardio is also terrible, <laughs> yeah. like ne- neither of them could stand up after the fight. It, yeah, I, I'll just leave it at this. It was an ugly fight. And I don't think the winner or the loser comes out looking very nice. No, that's fine. Um, and I'm not going to ask you how you screwed up because you didn't really screw up. It was split decision, you know, um, and it was only a plus 125 dog. So it was pretty much ended. It could end for either guy. So, all right. So that's the main card. I went, I was a perfect 5-0 on the main card. Dan went 3-2. and two. So even mediocre for you, amazing for me. Um let me tell you about prop swaps. We can be amazing. We're brought to you by prop swap where America buys and sells sports bets. The Bengals defied the odds this season by reaching the Super Bowl, but Cincinnati betters fell one game short, unless you were one of the smart betters who sold on prop swap. Prop swappers made huge profits last week when they sold their Bengals Super Bowl tickets, like Tim from Ohio, who sold his $100 40 to 1 Bengals ticket for 1500 bucks on prop swap. Prop swap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today because PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And if you haven't already downloaded the Mighty Mighty SGPN's app, we are now live in the App Store and the Google Play. It gives easy access to all our picks, podcasts, giveaways. They're always trying to give away 100000 bucks, stuff like that. Uh, make sure you grab the app, throw us up an app review, and you're good. Tickety-boo, as I said in the past, <laughs> to, to confuse my co-host. Um, all right, let's rip through these prelims. David Lenarma. I was getting mad that I was uh, I was sold a bill of goods by by all you people uh, hyping up David Onama, but he ended, he ended up coming through, knock it out. Mowgli Gabriel Benitez with punches 424 into the first round, uh, getting himself a bonus, which helps because he probably made what was he on contender series? No, or was he? No, he was. To, uh, okay, so he made. They might have right found him on looking show. for. Uh, fight because okay. uh the, the he fought out of fac which i know they were at recently for looking at a fight but he might have already right. been signed before that one 
and you know he he could use the fifty grand. Uh, plus, he made more off of uh, Benitez missing weight than uh, I estimated. He made about fifteen grand off of uh, Benitez coming in two pounds over overweight. Um, but so Benitez is a cheater because he came in overweight. But Onama, I have to say I'm I'm not totally sold on him because he was getting pieced up and and had me a little nervous there. But he ended up coming through with his immense power, which which can get you far. Um, get you especially in lower weight classes like featherweight so uh takeaways here yeah i would say so part of the thing about onama is his def- you're right his defense is not great right like no we saw that in the mason jones fight but he outlasted mason jones too right like he, he made mason jones fight a deep fight which you know is a good recipe and if you can take mason jones shots you can take just about anybody's right so he took gabriel benitez's best shots and returned with forgot- one of one of sorry, the I'm, I'm interrupting with the joke. I'm sorry. Um, you forgot Mason Jones' nick, nickname, which you said him. Our, our podcast plus your top turner podcast. What's his nickname, Dan? The Dragon. Isn't it Mason no, the Dragon? That, that's not what you were, you were calling him. Mason. You're calling him Mason Blank <laughs> Jones. Something that I have to hit the ex, uh, explicited. Expli- Mason expli- fucking Jones? Yes. <laughs> Mason fucking Jones. Yeah, I don't so remember you, doing you, that. You called him on both podcasts that. But anyhow, Mason, go Mason, ahead with my stupid joke. Jones. Um, anyhow, yeah. yes, I'm sorry. So he, he, it, is, it is actually the dragon. But um, <laughs> Onama with, like, the 12-piece combo to end the fight, yeah. too. Was, it yeah. was just nasty. And if you listen to our recommended plays, uh, Onama KO prop. Yep. Um, although yep. it it was 150 when we logged it. However, I will tell you, I had a couple of people – uh, DM me on Twitter and get in on it late. It actually was almost even money by the time of the fight was Onama by KO. So like people oh, got sucks. on him. It must be because we moved the line so much. You know how that Ob- works. Well, obviously, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, he, like he's, he looked great. Got to show up the defense. Yeah, he looked like he's supposed to though. Like he's he's yeah. going to cause a a slobber knocker type fight, and those hands are going to come through for him. That that's the yeah, kind of fight he's going to win. Yep, not very true. So. Looking forward to seeing his next fight. Um, yeah, here's here's my first loss of of the uh, of the night. Well, actually, we're doing this in reverse order, but technically my second loss. Jesse, Jess, what was she thinking? Jessica Rose Clark decided to grapple with the uh, judoko, judoka, judoko, judoka, judoka, judoka. Right, duh, <laughs> duh. For me, um, and yeah, Stephanie Egger. Um, was getting grappled by Jessica Rose Clark up against the fence, pretty much uh, getting clinched for the whole, what, three minutes of the fight until she did a judo toss. Imagine that. Um, and then submitting Jessica Rose Clark very quickly with the arm bar. Um, this was just bad MMA thinking, if you ask me. It was, but I'll also say this. I, I think I think we sold Stephanie Eggers grappling uh I think we downplayed it a little bit too much. Um, she, I, I, I think I drew a lot of conclusions on how she looked against Tracy Cortez in her debut. Um, you know, in, in Tracy Cortez, who's, you know, notoriously not a very big band of weight, has fought down at, at fly or uh, flyweight. So, you know, I, for her to lose to Tracy Cortez, I was like, ah, she just can't handle the physicality that comes with fighting somebody like Tracy Cortez, but like also that fight was on short notice. You know, Tracy Cortez was supposed to fight Bay Malecki that night. Instead, Egger steps in on short notice, winds up losing that fight. But since then she's sort of manhandled both of her opponents. She manhandled Shannon Young. And in this one, 
while it was dumb for for Jessica Rose Clark to like get in on her legs, like the judo throws were there, right? Like she she hit like nice hip throws. She looked good on the ground. Her transitions to the armbar were sick. Like she yeah. looked good grappling. So I, I don't know if necessarily we were it was all bad fight IQ or if also Stephanie Eggers maybe just like a little bit more legit than we gave her credit for. No, but. Bad IQ meaning she should not have grappled with. Yeah, her. yeah, she, 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 I, she, she should. Yeah, yeah, you're you're 100 yeah, percent right. She, she, she should have uh, she should have um, struck with her. That, that's what we were saying that she had the striking to manage. Probably not the grappling to manage, but yeah, it, it didn't take long to to find out that she did not have the grappling to manage. So yeah, interesting to see what's um, how Stephanie Edgar does going forward. So, um, and then. Uh, the retiring, ha ha ha! Already, he's he's backing off that that claim. Um, tiring featherweight chest, Scally TKO knee and punches Marcus Regal two oh one into the second round. Um, hitting this pick for me at minus two ten. Dan missed it, so Dan's going to tell you how he messed this one up. I uh, I did think that that Strigel would have a little bit better wrestling here. Um, he is so much stronger than Chaz Skelly, and I thought that that was going to play up, and it didn't. Um, no. No, he, he, like, looked pretty bad wrestling Chaz Skelly. But then also I will just add here, too, could Chaz Kelly have, Skelly have kept up that pace in the grappling? Who knows? Yeah, because who knows? He hit Because he hit a TKO by knees, which, by the way, nobody had that. <laughs> yeah. If that's you true. had a if you had a Chaz Kelly TKO prop, um, I'd love to see it. Like that's, that's awesome. Good for you. Um, mad props. Uh, just I don't think very many people did. No, but why retire? Um, you know, because he's what eight and three now in the UFC, and it, I guess he's he's always had health issues. Um, has trouble actually staying in the cage. So who knows? But it sounds like he's thinking the same thing. Why retire? So. He didn't get, uh, I forgot to mention, he didn't get the bonus with Stephanie Edgar got the final bonus. They gave out four performance of the night bonuses. So she got 50 Gs, uh, no fight of the night bonus, which they, they tend to do sometimes. So um, women's straw weight, Gloria DePaula made us look dumb, won a striking battle, which is not what we predicted over Diana Balbita, mostly a striking battle, 29-28, Balbita was um, thinking that she won the fight, but I think she pretty clearly lost two rounds to one. So I wasn't upset with this decision despite us losing. Yeah, I, I agree with the judges on this one. I, I scored it for DePaula. I think she won round two and three while they'll be to one round one, which I'm pretty sure is what every judge had. I will tell you, uh, if you go on MMA decisions again, it is uh, six to six on that front, and all of the Sherdog judges had it for uh, Belbicha. <laughs> um, I'm on the right, we're on the right side again. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're really good at scoring fights over there. You should check out their stuff. Um, Put me up, Sherdog. I'm, I'm always looking for extra money, so if you want, uh, uh, I'm the one that somebody, doesn't. Uh, you want somebody who actually, you want somebody who actually knows the scoring criteria? <laughs> no, I don't know if I knew, I don't know if I'd say that about myself, but yes. You Sorry, want to know what the were, craziest were, thing is? I'm going to go off on a tangent here about the scoring go. criteria. It doesn't take that long to read. The whole no. rules document is like three pages long. Like just, and it's easy to find. It's on the the ABC website, the uh, Association of Boxing Commissioners website, and you just, it's like a three page document if you wanted to print it out, and it takes like two seconds to read through. And the scoring criteria is like three paragraphs long and it's not even that that like difficult to understand so for people who don't understand it and also make no effort to understand it you got to stop complaining about how fights go like announcers for instance 
Yes, announcers. Like actual judges, for instance? They did. The, I will I will give them – I'm going to give the, the announcers in this last one some slack because uh, while I don't like uh, Dominic Cruz, I find him really hard to listen to. Yeah, um, it's too much about he, him always. But he, he did at one point say, I'm just going to call these fights and stop trying to guess judges' scorecards, to which then uh, – the other two guys, uh, Felder and, and Anik, just continued to try to get scorecards the rest of the time. Um, but he did say, like, I, I think we should stop doing that. Um, in, I would say that, in general, they should just bring in an extra announcer to, to score them, right? Like, wouldn't that make a lot of sense? Like, just like they yeah, bring well, in... Yeah, well, they used to have that, right? And yeah. Bravo well, in the olden days? Yeah, but that's not... That's not <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean him. That's just an example. <laughs> but yes, you're right. And, and I think that would make the most sense, right? Like, if you just had, um, you know, who's the guy on Sean Sheehan's uh, podcast that pops by sometimes, the judge? Um, yeah, who's yeah, the, the guy from City or whatever, yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's great. So or like, no, Ben Ben Cartilage maybe. Ben Cartilage, yes, yeah. He's yeah. is he an Irish dude? Irish dude? Yeah, yeah. The, there's British a Kansas dude. City guy, but he talked to me. Yes, that was an Irish guy. Yeah. Yeah. So like he he would be great. Like just have just have all of the other judges scoring the fights. Bring him in and have him do what Dean Thomas does. Dean Thomas comes in one round after the first and tells you about coach's advice. After the second round, you bring in Ben Cartilage, who says this is how they should be scoring the fight. This is what they should be saying. Yeah, I like Dean Thomas, more of him also, by the way. Yeah, bring in Dean. I, I know that used to be Trevor Whitman, and I think Trevor Whitman did a yeah, great Trevor job Whitman's there too. too. But Trevor yeah. Whitman is, like, busy coaching, like, 78 different dudes. Um, yeah. So, like, Dean Thomas is pretty much just coaching Jillian Robertson now and, and Shorty Torres. <laughs> so, like, you know, he, he, he's got a little bit more free time on his hands. So bring, bring on Dean Thomas. I love Dean Thomas. Yeah, yeah he's great. But anyhow, back to the fight. Correct decision, you think, right? Correct and decision. The, fun, to, fun to watch. Not much to say about either two wins. No. DePaula's striking was better than we anticipated, I think, is how we missed this one, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Yep. Yep. But it was a close fight. So, uh, so Babita, are, she she lives in Canada now, so she lost. That Canadian messed, messed up. But the true Canadian, Chad Ann Halliger, came through for a span of weight fight. TKO Jesse Strader. 3.33 in the third round. So we got a lot of uh, threes going here. But, um, yeah, pretty good fight. Strader was was a game opponent. Um, but Ann Helliger came through. Uh, was you think he was going to win that fight if he if it had lasted another minute and a half? So the, the scorecards came out. Uh, all the judges were scoring it for Ann Helliger, except for one who hadn't given Ann Helliger a single round. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Can you can you believe that somebody had that Jesse Strader two zero going into the last round? You, That's you, wild. You, yeah, you you have to be watching a different fight. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad it got finished. Not an early stoppage. This was the other one that wasn't an early stoppage. Yeah, the, the, anything this it was, was late. A Herb Dean fight, was it not? <laughs> yeah, it was a late one. Yeah. But Jesse Strader yeah, exactly. was pissed. Jesse I know Strader he was. Wait, got come up. on, Herb. Yeah, he got up, nearly fell out of the cage, and and yeah, Yeah. (laughs) complained. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, that that this was that was classic Herb Dean at his finest there, guys. He didn't know when to stop it, but yeah, um, takeaways for other guy. No, neither of them are really all that good, and they're going to get crushed (laughs) by the vast majority of bantamweights, including the two where bantamweights we're going to talk about in two fights. All right, Uh, featherweights Jonathan Pierce JSP came through with this one. Um, Christian Rodriguez. Another game opponent, but he beat him three rounds to none, two rounds to one on, on two scorecards. Thoughts? Any thoughts? 
Yeah, I think Christian Rodriguez showed that he was really good on the feet and had yep. great submission defense. He scrambled with uh, with JSP a few times. And the most impressive part of all of this, this is not his weight class. He's a band right. weight. Right. So if yep. we send him down to division and have him fight Chad and Helliger, he'd torch him. He'd torch Chad and Helliger. Um, right. he, he looked really good. Of all of the people who lost – on this fight card, his stock went the most up for me um, out of all of them. He, 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 like, nobody looked as good in a loss as he did this time. Yep, so we hit that minus, or we hit and and Helliger minus 270. We hit Pierce minus 320, and then we hit Mario Bautista beat Jared Perrin, 327, 327, 30 at 26. Um, we hit that one at minus 270 to open up the card. Any thoughts yeah. on that fight at all? No, it's a fight that should have never happened, right? It's a late replacement with Jay Perrin. Yep. He, he's clearly out of his element fighting somebody like Mario Batista. But I will say he was tough as hell, too. Um, you know, I, I had said before that fight that Jay Perrin didn't seem like he was UFC level to me um, based on some previous fights I had seen of his on the regional circuit. And uh, I'm pretty sure he lost on Contender Series, if I'm remembering correctly, and, and against yeah, somebody... So. Somebody who I wasn't really thrilled with either. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, Dwight Joseph, who didn't wind up in the UFC, I don't think. Um, yeah, he didn't wind up in the UFC. So he, like, lost to a guy who didn't even get offered a contract on Contender Series. But I will say this. He, he hung in there with Mario Batista, took some incredible shots that Mario Batista threw, some great elbows in there, and he survived. So, um, you know, he's he's tough in there. And, again, I'm not sure after watching that I wouldn't pick him over Jesse Strader or Chad and Helliger. Like I, I might still pick Jay Perrin. Yeah, no, he he looked good. He definitely looked good. So um, that concludes the fight card. Uh, um, pretty good card uh, turned out on in actual practice, not on paper. Um, all right, recommended plays: Dan hit Bautista winning outright minus two seventy. He had fifty five bucks on that. He had fifteen on Onama plus one fifty. KO, which was a nice uh, little score for him there. And then you have 15 bucks on Jim Miller winning outright at plus 145. He hit those three. He lost 15 bucks on Mark Strigel winning. So uh, he ended up winning about 50 bucks, went 3 1. I hit at 35 bucks on JSP winning minus 320. 35 bucks on Mario Bautista winning minus 270. So hit those. And then I lost 30 on Dan about Beach. Uh, my Stony, fellow Stony Creek resident let me down. Um, so I ended up losing six bucks on that. So. Um, that was the recommended place. Like I said, I'm still, I'm still looking for the the perfect blend of of props and straight up winners. I, I think I picked too many, too many big uh, favorites this week. Yeah, you did, and that makes it, it doesn't give you too much wiggle room to lose. Um, yeah. But but a couple of a couple of dog picks coming through always look nice on your your yeah, resume, right? Definitely. Plus plus one fifty here, and a plus 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 one. What was Jim Miller again? 145, I think. Nice. Like that. Yeah. 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 He, and he looked great. Yes. Very nice. Love, love Jim Miller. Yeah. <laughs> you got, got to love, that's a takeaway. You got to love Jim Miller. Um, did you watch Bellator at all? It was a week Bellator card. I didn't watch it, but did you catch any of it? I, uh, I, I read a recap of Logan Storley versus Neiman Gracie because I had a yeah. feeling Logan Storley was going to win, beat him. Um, because, man, I used to be so high on Neiman Gracie, um, and it just seems like wrestler types who can stay away from submissions are going to beat him for the rest of his career, um, and that's Logan Storley to a T. So uh, I read a recap, but it didn't seem like 
it seemed like it turned into a striking match, which is uh, the opposite of what I would have liked to watch. Yep. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't catch any of that uh, seemingly lackluster card. Because you were busy watching Knuckle Mania or whatever it was called, right? Oh God, was Knuckle Mania? Mm-hmm. Oh, was, was that um? Oh, was is that, that what um? It was I think it was called that. It was it um um? Oh damn, what what was his name? Mike uh, Perry? Mike Perry and Julian Lane. <laughs> yes, Mike Perry fought. Mike Perry won. Chad Mendez won in his debut. Chad um, Mendez yeah. looks juiced to the gills, by the way. No, don't he say looks, that. He looks mm-hmm. so juiced. Um, also. Also, fun fact about Bare Knuckle uh, FC, BKFC, is that what it is? Yep. yep. I was recently offered a spot to be on their ranking committee as well. Oh, boy. I don't know how they got my contact information or why they think I follow Bare Knuckle Boxing closely, um, but I, I sadly had to turn it down, being that I know nothing about most of their fighters. <laughs> Yeah, Chad Mendez does look quite big, but he... I told on, you, his, he looks juiced out of his brains. <laughs> but his, his drug failure was just, what, it was uh, hair... No, was it hair loss or was it um, skin disorder? It was some, some sort of uh, reason why. He, it doesn't uh, look like he test. slowed oh, the PEDs down at all in his, oh, during his suspension. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a, a, pitch, a picture of him for the back, too, after he, yeah, after he knocked out that guy. He is, he's a big boy. For sure. Yeah, he, he, um, wouldn't, he wouldn't remotely come close to what, – what did he weigh for that fight? Do you know? It can't be 145. No, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't think so. Um, is there weigh-ins? They must have weigh-ins. Yeah, they have weigh-ins so people can uh, so people can pull bats on each other, which is what, uh, <laughs> what yeah. that maniac Mike, Mike Perry did. He, 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 he pulled a bat on someone. Yeah, he's made for bare knuckle. This is perfect. He weighed 155.8. Really? That's it, huh? Yeah, I would have guessed more than that. So, but you got to remember, he's like 5'1", too, so. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, all right, so we since we were on air, we've we've had a change for, for this coming week's UFC. It's no longer Makashev versus Darius. It's Makashev versus Bobby Green. Bobby Green is getting his first headlining slot, at least in the UFC. He, he didn't headline in... I don't, he definitely didn't headline the strike for us, I don't think. Um, I don't think I'm so sure either. He, no, no I'm, I'm sure he headlined some uh, some of these smaller fight cards he was on before all this. But this is his first shot at at the big time, headlining big time at age 35 and 43rd fight into his career. So Darius, what, he broke his leg? Some, some fake excuse like that, right? Like a broken femur? <laughs> femur, um, I'm pretty, or uh, no, tibula, I think. Tibula? Fake. Um, so, what do you think of this matchup? It's going to be catchweight 160. It's too bad we're not going to get Makashev and Darius, which is what um, the fight that made sense for number one contender. So, we're going to get Bobby Green, which is you can't ever complain about having Bobby Green, but uh, you got to think this is going to be a Makashev walk walk in the park, basically. I think so. Uh, first of all, I, I would like to add he did main event King of the Cage Inferno, uh, which was for there the junior <laughs> the jun- junior welterweight title against Tim Means. Um, and when was that? <laughs> uh, a long time ago, b- before yes. he joined Strikeforce. So, um, yes. just just you know for the record. Um, but uh, yeah, you know I I think the interesting part about this is that like Bobby Green notoriously has been hard to hold down. And and I'm not doubting here that that yep. if anybody can hold him down, it's Islam Makhachev right now. 
Um, but like Clay Guida took him down like two or three times, and he like just popped back up after every single one, and then peppered Clay Guida on the feet. He did a similar thing to Lando Venata. Um, I, I thought he was you know doing a similar thing to Tiago Moises. Tiago Moises wound up actually like outboxing him in that fight. I think. Um, I, I mean like this is a guy who on the feet outlanded Rafael Faziev, which. Man, it, it, it's like such a crazy thing to talk about because Fiziev is such a good striker and so hard to hit, and Bobby Green's really good at hitting him. So, I mean, like, if Bobby Green can get back up when taken down, which he's notoriously good at, he certainly looks better than what the line is posted here, right? Like, with, the line got him posted at, like, plus 700 or something like that. I haven't um, seen it yet. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he's posted at as ridiculous of a number as you would imagine he ought to be posted at. He's like you know, plus 500 or plus 600 or something like that. So, yeah, like, I think he's, his value is there. Like, there's no value on Islam Makashev at negative 800 or whatever the hell he's going to be. So uh, it's it's interesting. They're clearly capitalizing on Bobby Green in his, um, his, his like, clear rise to stardom in that last fight, right? Like, because he was in your face and all that kind of stuff. But I even don't think he was the best option, right? Like, we talked about it two weeks ago. Hanato Moicano, or maybe even one week ago, Hanato Moicano looked better at that weight class in there, that, yeah. on that same fight card. And people were talking about Bobby Green. And I said, that's a shame because Hanato Moicano looked way better than Bobby Green on that fight card. And I actually think Hanato Moicano would have made way more sense as a replacement here, both for, in, in terms of being a better fighter and in terms of being a closer-looking fighter to what Benil Dariush is, right? Because Benil Dariush strikes a little bit, has some good grappling, good jiu-jitsu guy. That's what we wanted to test Makashev against, and in, in that would have given us that. Um, instead, we get Bobby Green because he's more popular and spits water into the air, like Triple H. <laughs> but we we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Who knows? Maybe, Correct. Uh, yeah, maybe... Um... Maybe Moicano couldn't go. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this would really mess things up if Bobby Green wins this fight. This would really yeah. Mess what, up a, the what a what a change in fortune that would be for a dude who is you know like that far away from being even relevant in the division, and then suddenly is like the most relevant dude in the division. Like, how how would you rank Bobby Green at that point? Yeah, no idea. Well, watch him end up being ranked, uh, which is always seems to mysteriously happen. Watch, he'll be ranked all of a sudden now that he's he's headlining UFC uh, event, Dan. Your your uh, ranking committee's uh, corrupt, I'm telling you. I, you know, I, every single time people say that, I, I, there are not really, corrupt, maybe, but. There are really clear explanations for why people fall off and get on when they do. Um, yeah. And people always seem to think that it's convenient, but like, there, there's usually a good reason. Um, and I don't think you will see him ranked right now. No. <laughs> uh, he's not, he's not in my rankings. Yeah. So this, this card's uh, taking a hit now. Um, it's not. The greatest of cards again, uh, back to back. Misha Surkinov versus Wellington Terman is our co-main event. Uh, anything else on this card uh, strike you as as being must see? Yeah, Armin Sakurian versus Yoel Alvarez is in, yep. is going to be an insane fight. That one is so fun. Um, Terence McKinney Faris Zaim is going to be really yep. fun. I'll watch anything with Ignacio Bahamondes in it because that guy's crazy. Um, he's fighting uh, Super Fan Jong favorite uh, New Wrong. Oh um, yes. <laughs> and then Gregory Rodriguez Robo- Hobocop is back. That's true. 
Hobocop. You love the, you love the Hobocop. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It's true. Maybe I'll get a new nickname next week. So, um, so we'll be talking about that on Wednesday. How about any any news or notes we need to close with, Dan? Any anything ridiculous happened that I'm not thinking of right now that, that we need to make fun of? Nothing that can't wait till Wednesday. <laughs> no, of course. All right. Until then, this can't wait. Follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. Follow him, Gumby Vreeland. Um, read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's where you can get all of our writing. Dan does a lot of NBA writing. He covered a lot of the NBA All-Star festivities. If this gets in the year before the game starts, um, I'm not sure if uh, Dan has a preview of that and the DFS lineup for that for you. Um, and you can read my MMA stuff, mma-manifesto.com, and you can listen to Dan's podcast, Top Turtle MMA and Prelim Primer. You got it right. Um, I'm going to let Dan take us home because I want to see what my nickname's going to be. Now, so go, ahead, go ahead. I'm Dan Dugan B. Freeland. He's the Warrior Princess Jeff Fox. We'll catch you on Wednesday.